name is Maddie. And I'm Hannah. We are Murder Mystery Bookworms and aspiring amateur sleuths. We are reading partners in crime and over last year we have gone on 16 book-based adventures. Now we want to investigate a real-life case using advice from Murder Mystery authors with the help of our feline sidekicks, Hercule and Hastings. We will review a book, find sleuthing tips and hopefully solve the case. Welcome to the unsolved case of the missing salmon. The book club for amateur sleuths. Hi Maddie. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, so the thing that I wanted to talk about related to mystery, I feel that I've been sort of teasing you with for a while now. <laughs> and the time has come to, to talk about it. At last. At last, because very kindly, you gave me the first volume of Bodies from the Library Anthology which is lost tales of mystery and suspense from the golden age of detection. I mean, I did. Wonderful. What an excellent gift. <laughs> Thank you very much. Also references sort of sort of throwbacks really to our first episode where we thought about names, potential names for the podcast. We thought about calling it bodies in the library, I think. Didn't we? Yeah, we did. No, yeah. Or were we going to do some kind of like pun? Oh no, I think that... The book in the library. <laughs> book in the library. Yes, and then you yeah. said, did you get that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very nice. Well, I've read it, I've finished right. it, uh, and I've, I've got some thoughts. Oh, amazing. Okay. So the first thing is the introduction at the beginning is... I'd say well worth the read. So the man who's collated these together is called Tony Medawar, and he's just sort of written, yeah, a bit of an intro about the the golden age. So he talks about Edgar Allan Poe sort of starting it all off in the 1840s, and then he talks about Arthur Conan Doyle and Sherlock, but he says that. The golden age of detection fiction was really kicked off in 1913 with a novel called Trent's Last Case hmm. by E.C. Bentley. And in that book, there was a clear problem, the shooting of a millionaire. And then Trent, who I think was the investigator, fell in love with the suspect. Scandal, Chaos. really. Scandal. And controversially, Trent did not solve the case. What? Sorry, that's 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 the antithesis of the murder mystery genre, no? I thought that's what made it big, was that people <laughs> were like, oh, it's always going to get solved. I'd be, yeah. I'd be furious if I read a murder mystery book. And then at the end, it was like, I guess we'd never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, yeah, that sort of kicked it all off. And then they published detective fiction in lots of magazines and then, as we know, it was really after World War One that it became very popular. So peaking in 19, well, 1930s were the high point. And uh, a little fact that I thought linked in with something we've talked about quite a lot. The Detection Club was founded club. in 1929 by Anthony uh, Barclay. Perhaps in um, 2029, we should do some sort of 100-year celebration. <laughs> Put yeah. it in the calendar, much like David Suchet's birthday. Yeah, let's do that. Definitely. Um, but this thing that the introduction talks about that I don't think we've maybe mentioned briefly, but it's about the end of the Golden Age. Go on. And there's a suggestion that the Golden Age ended in 1937, with, which is quite precise, but with the publication of the final uh, Lord Whimsy novel by Dorothy L. Sayers. So quite a lot of our, our classic, what we say is golden age, therefore are not. Well, there's a lot of debate because right. uh, some people think that it continued into the 1940s and beyond. And I think I agree with that. Uh, but it moved from who and how 
to why. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What moved into motive? Mm. Yeah. With I guess that's quite true. Psychology. Some of our later ones, yeah. Mm. Um, but then the very exciting thing that is mentioned in the introduction is there's an annual Bodies from the Library conference. Why held... haven't we ever been? No, I know. We should try and go because it's held each year at the British Library in London. <gasps> well, we live in London. Yeah. So we should try and, if it's on in 2021 I think we should try and go because it brings together writers readers and academics to consider and discuss the themes and character of the books of the golden age and to focus on particular authors or publishers and their unique contributions I mean I think we're there what about podcasters (laughs) (laughs) we're readers and we're readers true massive fans it'd be cool if we had like a slot on like a keynote speech (laughs) slot (laughs) Oh, that might that might be a bit ambitious. But... Might be a tad, mightn't it? Just like a little, maybe a stand, so people come talk to us, like a little kiosk. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's try and go. Should I look it up? Oh well, I looked it up already, and they've got no details about twenty twenty one, but we can keep checking in. I most certainly will. Now the stories themselves, because there's obviously a range of individual stories as part of this. Well, it was quite a mixed selection, I would say. I'd say some of them pretty poor. Oh. (laughs) Not too great. Great Um, gift. (laughs) But others were excellent. However, the thing that it confirmed for me is towards the end of this anthology... There is a short story called The Rum Punch by Christiana Brand. Great name. Is that relevant to a rum go? No, it's it's literally rum punch. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> As in an alcoholic, yeah, cocktail. An alcoholic then, minestrone, perhaps. Alcoholic <laughs> minestrone. And then the final story in this collection is by Agatha Christie. So like a previously unpublished Agatha well, Christie well. short story. And having read the whole anthology, I felt that both Christiana Brand and Agatha Christie stories stood out as being the strongest cream of the crop i guess that's why she's the queen of crime yeah yeah although christiana brand i i do wonder like given given obviously we loved tour de force of ofs Mm -hmm. and you've gone on to get the rest of well try to get the rest of the stories Mm. and it sounds like they're all amazing so i wonder why i've never heard of her before yeah well i've got some thoughts on that so Firstly, I think it was the time that she started writing. So she was writing later. So she was more 40s, 50s onwards. Mm. So I think that's one of the things because she wasn't writing at the high point of the golden age. The other reason is she had this like 20 year, I think that's right. Like she had a long period of time where she didn't do any writing. It was like a kind of hiatus. And it was something to do with her family and I tried to sort of research what happened, but it's not really clear. But for some reason, she had to stop writing. Oh, fair. Yeah. Uh, and I think as well, it's probably got to be something to do with family. Mm. I think the Christie family have obviously kept, you know, kept her legacy alive, very active. Well, yeah, um, they've got the estate, haven't they? The Agatha Christie estate. Yeah. Um, but yes, I would highly, I would highly recommend. And there's there's three three volumes so far, but I think there's going to be more. I mean, the other thing about this that's quite fun is some of them are plays, like Ooh, short plays. That's fun. Which is fun. Quite enjoyed. Reminiscent reading. at all of um, Witness for the Prosecution? Not. I wouldn't say quite that compelling. <laughs> um, you're sort of damning with your with your review yeah well you know I think you've got to be you've got to be discerning haven't you well yeah I mean when you know your stuff as you do <laughs> but there are some there are there is a writer or two in here who I may suggest oh go on yeah in the in the future or choose are you going to tell me or are you just is this a sort of a tease Oh, a tease. I think it's another cheese. Oh, why'd you do this?
today's book. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> so the book that we are discussing today is Backdrop to Murder, a Laney Price mystery by Persia Walker. And this was Maddie's choice. So why did you choose this book, Maddie? Oh, oh, just choked a little bit. Well, I chose this book. Um, why did I choose this book? I think we were talking sort of late last year about the sort of general themes and trends that had come out from the books that we'd read. And I think me and you sort of both noticed a theme, a trend in some of the authors um, that we'd read. Uh, and Han very kind of quite rightly suggested that maybe this year we try and aim for some more women of colour that write um, the mysteries. So then the challenge really was finding some that were in publication because as you found Han, very difficult to come by quite a lot of them, um, particularly an actual copy. So you had to get this one on digital copy. But um, there's a, I think it was either Goodreads or some other list of women of colour who write murder mystery books, listed Persia Walker. And I think one or two of her novels in there sort of on Goodreads were kind of well rated. Um, but the thing that caught my eye about this one, because obviously it's not the first one in the series, but I, I sort of thought, that's all right. We've done Agatha Christie's Out of Order. The thing that got me about this one was the, the potential of it being a, a noir vibe which I sort of was down with, the drama. So yeah, that's the sort of main reason. I also hadn't really heard of her before. I'd heard of a couple of people on the list, but I hadn't heard of her. Uh, but when I looked up online, it seemed like she was pretty well reviewed. Yeah, and I think that point about the difficulty we had, or that you had of finding a physical copy of this, is I think that the UK publishing industry is is worse in publishing mm. writers of colour than, yeah. than the US in particular. Um, because quite a lot of the time I've noticed that a phys the physical copy of the book does exist, but in America. And also quite, I don't know, so, like a bit different, obviously doing a writer who is still writing. No, yes, indeed. Walker, you know, she's yes, still uh, still writing uh, Laney Price Mysteries. We're actually following her on Instagram as well. Oh, we? Oh, great. Yeah. And yeah. all the Instagram. I've obviously got no idea. That's Which awesome. Is fun. Great. But she's got a cat. She's got a cat called Sunday. So oh, maybe, yeah. Woman Sunday, off my Yeah. Sunday could, um, uh, well, I think she's in America. I was going to say maybe Sunday could befriend Hastings and Hercules, uh, like a mystery trio. Oh, they could go around fighting crime <laughs> yes, in the neighbourhood. Yeah. <laughs> in the neighbourhood, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give a summary of Backdrop to Murder? A summary. I will admit that I read it earlier in the week than I normally would. So oh. I am a little bit less fresh on it. And um, normally I read it sort of to the wire, but I thought it'd be so yeah. organised that it's meant I remember less. But fundamentally... Backdrop to Murder is, as I said, it's a noir. What happens in the book? Um, <laughs> so, La no, Lainey, is that her name? Yes. Lainey, Lainey is a yeah. um, reporter for some sort of newspaper. And I quite like the sort of, uh, like the tangibility of like her, like hotshot writer life. And she yeah. does lots of like crime writing, uh, like kind of articles about like recent, like criminal trials and stuff, which sounds quite fun to be honest yeah um, yeah although technically she's not supposed to be doing that because she's the society writer for the yes, newspaper because yes. it's set it's set in the 1920s so <laughs> they've got yeah a reporter who has to write about society but she always manages to well I get the impression that in previous books she's always managed to sort of wangle yeah. writing about crime stories by having some sort of loose connection to someone who is a society figure in 1920s Harlem yeah yeah yes and yeah yeah so she lives in Harlem essentially the crime itself is that there is a um a photographer Andrew who's sort of like well known in the area I think he's a an ex-war vet um and he's yep. like a decorated war vet like local hero and he's got um a photography studio in this part of town um, and he's found shot dead in quite a gruesome way yeah. alongside uh, this young lady Brandy who is she's the partner the wife maybe not wife or girlfriend of Big Earl who is a local fighter 
um so it like kind of got the impression it was sort of like a fairly underground fighting world and she uh, she and him are found dead next to each other and yeah so Lainey I don't understand to be honest how she ends up being involved in it other than she sort of knows Andrew is that right she knows yeah. someone yeah so she's got this Andrew is sort of like yeah up and coming photographer of of the neighborhood and she had this photo one of his photos which I think he take hadn't he taken a photo of Lainey's husband oh yes so she's got this sort of loose connection with him but she gets yeah she does get sort of embroiled in the case quite quickly quickly. because she has got sort of a lot of contacts with the the local the local police and Andrew's widow Tessie gets accused of of killing him and Brandy and Lainey's fairly sure that she didn't do it yeah and then she sort of goes to see Andrew's mother, who, Mama King, who's obviously grieving for her son, and I suppose gains more evidence to suggest that it wasn't Andrew's wife. So that was, I guess, that's the sort of basis of the of the plot. Um, and then Lainey sort of becomes, I guess, the sort of representative, really, for Tessie. She, she sort of tries to fight for her release, fight for her justice. She sort of goes through several avenues one of which being this like mob style figure who she thinks is like against or like trying to impress big earl <laughs> great name by killing i don't know i don't know to be honest i'm not really sure what happened there but <laughs> it turns out he's actually a double agent which i love which That's i really cool. enjoyed what's his yeah. name teddy teddy something yeah so he's sort of uh alias is teddy banks and he's slightly shady agent to big girl and laney gets quite obsessed that teddy banks is behind the murder but then it's yeah it's revealed that he's a government agent who's investigating the mob and i forget his full name but i know that it had kent in there which just made me think of clark kent and superman i thought it would (laughs) given your penchant for the old action film Uh. (laughs) So yeah, it was that. That's that's as good as a plot summary as I can give you. I think, based on how much how much was going on, different avenues that were that were shooting up from it from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So what did you think about it then? You've obviously Um, started the hint already. Yes, I mean, I really enjoy. I would say I enjoyed uh, uh, almost all of it, and I was really kind of quite taken with the plot for I'd say yeah, probably like ninety percent of it until the end and then I was quite distressed about the ending because I just I just thought oh it it didn't need to it didn't need to go that way it just felt it felt a little bit um not crass but it didn't feel like it was the same style it didn't feel like it was like written with the same um thought for the plot as the rest of the book Mm. it felt kind of unnecessarily gruesome which I know yeah. that there was sort of a gruesome murder, but like the quite sinister like motivation that actually I, I didn't think was was 100% necessary, especially because actually the, the person who did it, again, whose name totally escapes me, the, the guy who's like the, the newspaper um, seller on the corner, they could Jax- have... Jackson. 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 Yeah, Jackson. It, there, there could have been a plot, a story created around the jealousy that he he feels for Andrew without the need to bring in essentially abducting young young girls. And yeah. the language used around his relationship with the young girl who he's abducted at the, at the end of the book, I found really distressing, which was upsetting because until the end, I had absolutely loved it. Mm. and there were some amazing yeah. things like I've, I've highlighted some like amazing use of language I thought it was like the the way that she was able to misdirect was really impressive that like there were the, the avenues that we went down I fully bought into every time which is mm. which is impressive as a writer but actually was very was left feeling a little bit uh yeah I didn't love the end basically that's my summary um yeah. I don't know what you, what you thought about it 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think the abduction and abuse of the the little girl was yeah was was unnecessary and it does make me wonder if that sometimes that extra like layer of I don't know maybe is that some I, I feel like that happens more with mysteries and murder mysteries that are written now and it I think the other thing about it is it took away potential sympathy that you could have for Jackson Mm. because if it hadn't have had that then actually as a character I think you would feel more sympathy for him because the whole he was basically very jealous of Andrew because they were both war vets he felt that Andrew got the recognition that he should have got and that he had been not recognized and it also tied in with this wider point about the black soldiers not being recognized for their Mm. contribution in in world war one with the allied troops so i actually thought that that would could have been i don't know then that that then you would have sort of felt you you would sort of thought of course you wouldn't condone what he did but it would make him psychologically you could perhaps have some degree of um, empathy or sympathy Mm. but because there was the his him him abducting the young girls it just made him it made him a monster yeah completely the build-up to it had there been a different motivation behind his murder I probably had there been, yeah had there been a different conclusion I would have felt quite moved by it in, in a way and I think I also would have probably said it was one of the better ones we've ever read <laughs> because of mm. the build-up the build-up was so strong I thought but actually mm. it really yeah it left me feeling a bit cold actually which was a shame because it had been so I thought so brilliantly done prior yeah yeah and it was really building up that idea of sort of who yeah who knew what in in the neighborhood it also explored I suppose like Lainey's ability to get information um obviously she was a reporter so she didn't necessarily have access to evidence but it also sort of was exploring that idea that she's a woman and it was set in the 1920s and she often had to go through her through her lover Sam at the newspaper who sort of got information for her Yeah, I mean, the other thing I found slightly strange was it obviously was set in the 1920s. Yeah. But the the speech pattern and the words that they were using were modern speech patterns and modern words. I had not clocked that at all. And I I found that strange because it was obvious it was in the 1920s because of like references Mm. to um, the setting and obviously like clothing, food, trans, all those types of things. But they communicated with phrases and with like quite a modern, I don't really know, like quite a modern cadence, mm. I thought. I hadn't thought that at all. That is, that's definitely sort of more your wheelhouse in terms of uh, knowledge. Do you want, have you got any examples? Would have be... I got any examples? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, like something like this, for example, like, I never have and never will play detective. I just ask questions, a few good questions. That doesn't, to me, that doesn't, doesn't have the ring of something someone would say in the 1920s. I, sure. I mean, I, I, I guess I just don't, I've never noticed that before. Because I think it's because we've been reading Golden Age, haven't we? Yeah, probably. And we have been, we have been reading things and the, it's something about the way they express themselves. It's not just about using old fashioned words, but it's about the, mm. the creation of the, the sentences. So I found that, a bit strange a little bit jarring because I was like okay I know it's set in the 1920s no one's saying the word rum what's that about yeah no one's saying the word rum but (laughs) the way they're communicating doesn't feel consistent with the 1920s oh no I found another example of a phrase that I'm not sure they would use in the 1920s 
don't shit me. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. That one, oh, I'll give you that. <laughs> that feels that feels much more modern. It does feel rather. Um, but I mean, Lainey as a character, I thought she was brilliant. I mean, yeah. she she just sort of got on with it. I also um, highlighted somebody's name because I think it does. It definitely deserves a special mention. Okay, go for it. Coriander Dill. <laughs> First name Coriander, surname Dill. Your nickname, that's amazing. surely. That's got to be. A I nickname. don't know. That makes me think. Like, if I ever had a child, I should call them like, um, <laughs> like pineapple berry, <laughs> just so that they've got two fruits. Or just straw. And then they could be strawberries. Yeah, I know, but that's not the same. That's not the same structure. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the strawberry thing, <laughs> of course, comes up on a regular basis. My mum's a teacher, yeah. and she's a Sueberry, S berry. And when <laughs> she was a teacher, she used to tell her students that the S stood for straw. And sometimes, because they were like ten, they like fully they believed her. They were like, "Oh no way, your name's Strawberry. That's that's crazy." <laughs> oh, that's quite so sweet. Because when you're like nine ten or whatever you just don't think of your teachers as like real people no you don't finding out their first name is such wild. a wild wild thing yeah 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 i mean i have to say yes the ending of this this was de- it's definitely problematic the ending but i would quite like to you know read another one yeah me too because i i really really enjoyed until that point enjoyed it Oh, yeah, it's a shame when there's an ending like that. Oh, the other thing that I thought was really strange in the ending is that she has a photo and the photo that she has is the photo of the murderer abductor. With the girl. With the girl, with the young girl. I thought... Because she's basically, she's sort of basically sort of implying that she bought it because it's a a reminder of the fact that she solved the case because that's the photo that that Jackson is trying to destroy in the that's the whole reason that he he kills Andrew because Andrew's taken this daily photo in the morning in that spot and it's obviously got him incriminatingly got him in it with the girl and then he realizes that that's what he's got so he kills him and tries to find it so I guess she's sort of saying at the end like uh, well obviously she thinks he's a good photographer because she thinks he does beautiful work but that it's a reminder of like her having got, got the ju- got the justice but it is also odd because that's awesome that she'd managed to get the justice but it's also a really sad picture yeah but I don't yeah, yeah I don't know that you would want to have it hanging in your office yes no <laughs> looking at it but you're right maybe it's yeah it is that sort of physical symbol of yeah of justice and but then there's that whole other thing isn't there that actually the justice that she like hit jackson isn't actually going to get charged because they don't have they don't have enough evidence to charge him so the only way that he gets charged is because she goes into hospital and basically says well you know big girl's gonna if you don't confess big girl's gonna come and kill you yeah. And, then, and then he's so scared he confesses but then he gets killed in prison anyway yeah by by big girl's cronies yeah but yeah. um but which i also yeah i was very confused because with that with that line you know of of deduction and saying okay well we haven't got enough to convict him then why do they have enough to convict tessie yeah that wasn't clear i suppose because she it sounded as though she had conve- confessed and also it was suggested that the police would just wanted to close the case and move on true and actually that that I did think was done quite well as well is that sort of early phase of the book where it's in, it's sort of indicated that the justice of the system is is kind of all all off um it's done very subtly which yeah you know I thought was really powerful yeah yeah it's a shame 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 for the ending uh, okay do you, want, do you want to score I'll just get the book Oh, there's little flies. We've got these tiny flies everywhere. I think from because we've got like we've got flowers, we've got cut flowers, then we've got Dale the spider plant, 
and obviously I've got Shifu, my bonsai tree as well. Um, I called it Shifu, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just just means there are flies everywhere. I don't I don't know. Bonsai shouldn't attract flies. No, I think it's uh, I think they're from Dale soil. Sorry, can I just ask why you called your spider plant Dale? <laughs> um, well, he's named after Dale Winton. But of course. Just as you do, yeah. Do you just really like Dale Winton? Yeah, what a guy. What a guy. Supermarket Sweep, excellent game True. show. True. I do forget how much you love Supermarket Sweep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. At what mm. point do you think we'll run out of space in the blue book and have to get a new book? Ooh, good question. Well, the little blue book I don't use exclusively. <gasps> for... What? Uh, <laughs> For our reviews, so I put our scores and sentences, I'm working from the back, but the front is just my general reading list of non- Oh my god. I feel like this is bomb drop. Bomb drop? That's not (laughs) worse. Yeah. That's not the right phrase, is it? I don't don't know what, what you're aiming for. Like a kind of truth bomb. Yeah. Um, no but I don't know how you don't know this because when why would I no because when we physically met I always turned to the back of the little blue book yeah but they look the same both sides of the book look the same so wow. maybe my detection skills aren't quite up to scratch <laughs> yeah yeah let's play more yeah. of that Poirot game which is by the way amazing oh the Poirot video game yeah it's ph- phenomenal and also actually quite hard Right, you ready for scoring? Oh, I feel really conflicted about my score. Yeah, me too. Because am I that... marking it as pre-ending or am I marking it as, as the whole? No, I've got, got to mark it as the whole. We've got to mark it as the whole because that's how we've marked all the others. That is a shame. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I yes, I'm going to give my score, but then what we could do is say what we would have scored it if the end had been different. Okay, yeah, let's do that. But I won't record that. Okay, right, ready? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, one, two, on three. One, (laughs) two. It's only ever been on three. (laughs) Okay, are you going six? I've gone five. (laughs) Right, okay, what's our one sentence gonna be? I wanna get the word noir in there. Mm -hmm. Maybe like modern author writing. No, that's too too wordy. What about, no, how about um, modern imagining? Yes, very nice. Of of nineteen twenties Harlem. Yeah. Okay. With can we use the word plucky? I thought Lainey was plucky. With plucky, oh, there's like another word we use, like that idea that she's very um gets on with it. No messing. Pro- proactive. <laughs> yeah. Um. Whenever I hear proactive, I always think of like digest. You know, like sort of digestion yogurt. That's, pro- that's probiotics. No, I know, but I think they sound similar. They do have a similar sound, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so not that word then. Plucky. I'm just clicking. That I know, I know. That. I can't think of the word you mean. Can you give me some synonyms? Like an adjective for initiative. I can't think of any words. Oh, we're going to have to put, we'll just put proactive. No, I'm, I'm, no I want to know what it no, is. No, I've, I've written proactive now. Okay. Okay, with, okay, so modern imagining of 1920s Harlem with plucky, proactive, reporter slash detective. Enterprising. <gasps> oh, it's, yes. It's enterprising. I've, I've done a controversial, I've actually crossed out proactive <laughs> to write. Enterprising. Or do you want to not know? No, it's fine. I've, no, because there might be a better one, and like, there's no space to. Yeah, but you can just know for your for your like thought process for the future. No, no, no. Right, okay. <laughs> Don't need to know. <laughs> keep keep it for the future with okay. plucky, enterprising reporter slash detective. Yes. Slash detective. Or maybe like slash amateur detective. Yeah. Okay, I can fit amateur in. Great. Slash amateur detective. With do we want to say like. Yeah, with, with disappointing ending or like with yeah it was disappointing wasn't yeah, it was it? I was disappointed yeah disappointing ending could we put a little dash yeah 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 but would read another yes but would would read another in the series yeah because if we read another in the series we could see see whether the ending of this book is just sort of like you know like an isolated 
isolated case such isolated case or yeah. whether it's you know reflective of of the style yes indeed i think you're right though about the sort of like i don't know there's almost a sort of like a sensationalist element to sort of more modern murder mysteries like a kind of need to yeah to be really shocking so that yeah. it gets more um i guess maybe for, for the for the audience that's what is that what they want that's not what i want but maybe that's what some want yeah because yeah. that was a similar vibe without which is one of the other only um modern ones we've read pre pre-podcast of course yeah pre-podcast and we had yeah we perhaps had i had even more of a problem with the ending of out which was just horrific really horrific another one of mine you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> why do i always pick these really graphic ones okay okay so what do you think we can learn from backdrop to murder for our case uh, we've, we've we've had this before but i think mm. it solidifies the need for photographic evidence yes you're right yeah because photos are very important they are key um key if only case. someone had taken a picture every day since the wedding of the scene <laughs> <laughs> so you could compare what yeah. else what else what else well i suppose the other thing is laney does have a lot of contacts because she has her, her contact in the police but also she has a contact with a lawyer doesn't she she does so maybe you need to get some more expert contacts get some contacts yeah how does one do that just get get them <laughs> get them networking yeah. <laughs> but i'm not sure what kind of expert we'd need maybe we need like Fish- some sort fishmongers <laughs> <laughs> we do have a local fishmonger i could pop down to moxon's and say excuse me <laughs> what would you ask how many people would it take to lift this <laughs> This, this piece of salmon for six straight people would you expect <laughs> could somebody feasibly eat it by themselves i <laughs> know oh, that's the best question so i was going to say like we know that one person could carry it because you carried oh it yeah i own. carried it <laughs> good yeah. point yeah I can tell by your face that you have some amazing intel about the case. Well, look at you. What, case case notes today. Yeah. Well, case notes today, Maddie. I'm actually giving a title, <gasps> and on. I'm calling it "Throwing Out the Net." <gasps> so I've thrown the net out, and now oh I'm drawing God. the net back in to see what intel I've got. Oh my God! So, so I so. felt that. With the case, we had reached a bit of a dead end because our main suspects turned out to have alibis or to be innocent. Indeed. Or remember nothing. So I thought the time has come. I'm going to have to do effectively a mass mail out (laughs) to everyone. And I got a very big response. (gasps) Did you actually? I did actually. Oh my I was, I'm going to say inundated. No. So I, yes. So I created a spreadsheet <laughs> called Suspect List. Yeah. Uh, I've got a column for people's names, a column saying eight salmon, question mark. <laughs> then I've been putting a yes or a no. And then saw salmon. So I initially very excited because people were messaging me. This is amazing. It was all, it was all sort of, Heading, heading up. <laughs> However, oh. there is a twist in the tail, a twist in the salmon tail. In the fin. Because, <laughs> in the fin, <laughs> because the information or the intel that I got back was really flawed. So my initial excitement turned quickly to disappointment mm. because most people just said to me that, they couldn't remember they were too drunk and loads of people were like oh I remember your wedding weren't there weren't there cheeros so lots of people told me how much they liked the cheeros fundamental (laughs) useless information but complimentary Um, nonetheless complimentary nonetheless can I ask however oh sorry no go on no 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 you go on (laughs) <laughs> can i ask what, <laughs> what the mail out said the mail out 
Yeah, what did you say? I, mean, I think I think mail out makes it sound a lot grander than it was. I just sent around a bunch of messages saying, "This is a photo of the, the salmon. Did, did you, you eat it? any of it?" At the oh, wedding. Okay, okay. I mean, other people decided to just say, "Oh, that looks like a delicious salmon." <laughs> I didn't. I didn't eat it. Oh, um, I'm however, sensing some frustration from the amateur sleuth. <laughs> There was there was some frustration, but I did manage to rule some people out. Right. This, okay. In that there were two women at the wedding who were pregnant who couldn't have eaten the salmon because apparently you're not allowed. Who knew? Um, uh, poached salmon. Who knew that? Not me. Okay. Great. Um, so they're out. The other person I managed to rule out was the photographer. Because <gasps> did you think it could have been? Well, I hadn't thought of him, so I added him to the list, but I remember that he was a very strict vegetarian and we <laughs> had to make up a separate plate for him. Okay, so, so not he's, him. he's out. That then... would be such a good alibi, though, because you're like, well, I, well, I was so busy taking photos of everything but the salmon. It would be exactly. such a great... And if you picked up the salmon as a photographer, no one would think anything of it, just taking pictures. Yeah, but at this stage, I did also add in mm. a potential suspect <gasps> who I had not considered. I know, big news. And that is the man who was serving the coffee at the wedding. <laughs> and there's another twist for the man who was serving the coffee at the wedding. He was a former chucklehead, a former police officer. <gasps> I know. Perfect crime. <laughs> the perfect crime. Uh, so... He's do you know him well no um my my dad actually booked him for the wedding so wow. i'm thinking maybe could i get in touch with him i don't know is that is that crossing a line because <laughs> we well, don't know, we don't know him. Line. no but i'd say you're at the wedding um i can do it in sort of a, a light-hearted manner yeah anyway why not? it's <laughs> it's 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 food for thought it's food it? for it's thought food. yeah um so at this stage it's throwing out of the net initial excitement turned to disappointment mm. however at this stage in the investigation there i did have quite a fun exchange with one suspect and i'm just going to read it out oh i'm delighted okay because do we know are you allowed at, at liberty to reveal who this is uh yes chris so i i sent i sent a photo of the salmon and i said hello did any of you eat or see this salmon at our wedding i'm conducting an amateur investigation for a podcast very nice okay and chris replied with the following i'm floundering a bit here don't <laughs> want to skate over the issue but even though we were perched by the row, R-O-E, of food. <laughs> if I'm honest, I can't place, P-L-A-I-C-E, <laughs> it. I remember carping on to some guy with a mullet about your starter, which had a real tang. But we were at the disco and Eel ost his hearing on account of the bass, spelt bass. Nice. Bass. <laughs> I recall the bride, though, and thinking herring was very tasteful. Good luck. I guess that's her ring. <laughs> her ring. <laughs> um, so I, I He's was taking obviously some time on that. Yeah, by this, this level of punning. Of so I replied with the following. <laughs> oh, my God. I trout you were a suspect. Relieved. You're not guilty. G-I-L-L-T-Y. Nice. Yeah. Your, your pants are off the scale. Quite the aficionado. Oh. Not, wait for it. Not fish standing. I think should stop now. That is ultimate punning. That's a new level. <laughs> I know. It got out of control. Yeah, so I think, I think that's basically it. So there was, no, <laughs> there was no helpful intel at all. Well, I did say that the title of this was throwing out the net all i'm gonna say is next episode bring I in the net in, <gasps> i throw out the net again draw it in again 
and I find something in the net. No, you do not. I do. Anyway, here ends case notes. <laughs> you can't do that to me. Yeah, great. It's, it's, well, yeah, it's great, but I want to know. I do actually, and it does indeed follow a similar theme to this week's case notes, in no. that there are some. We we also have put out the net. Is that what you use as your phrase? Put out the net. Yeah, but yeah, but it doesn't really work for Percule Poirot, does it? <sighs> because it's what? cats. You need to think of a cat pun. Oh, oh, you're feeling around with your whiskers. We're feeling around without whiskers. Yeah. yeah. To find out what's going on with Invader Cat and who on earth is this terrorist. Um, so, <laughs> so for those out there who don't know Invader Cat, this is an, an absolutely giant feline who regularly appears in our garden. Largely sort of fairly unassumingly, but it causes Hastings mostly an incredible amount of fury and the noise that he makes when Invader Cat comes into the garden is like he's in pain because he's so sad that he's in his space. So we put on our um, our road support group. The annoying thing about this is that I'm not in the group. Only Mike is in the group because he's lived here for longer and it was set okay. up sort of March last year. So I've had to use screenshots that he's kindly given me privy. Um, so he sent me these screenshots and it's from the group. He says he took a picture of the cat. So <laughs> we put on the group, morning all, is this anyone's cat by any chance? With a picture. He's been visiting our garden a lot recently and causing our two, cra- two cats some stress. <laughs> no response for a full day. I th- personally, I think Mike shouldn't have mentioned that it's causing some stress because then you're not going to want to respond to that, even if it is your cat. You'd think... I'm I'm ashamed, but yeah, luckily, he, he's phrased that all wrong. All I wrong. I know. I'd have said like, "Who's this charming scamp?" And then <laughs> <laughs> after getting a response, I'd be like, "Back off." <laughs> so <laughs> then, after a full day, Anna replies, "Oh my gosh, that's mine." <laughs> what does he do? I hope he's he's neutered, so I hope he isn't fighting. New message: You can spray him with water just to, to dissuade him if that helps. Mike says, oh, they don't fight. Then, then he goes in with the really like nice responses. It's too late for this. They don't fight so much as they sit in the yard and yell at each other. Very American, you can tell, yard. Glad to know he belongs to someone, <laughs> though. We're at 150, just so you know where your little guy goes when he's out. She's what? Un- That's too... The tone is all too, wrong. I know, it makes no sense, does it? It's too much. It's too <laughs> nice. It's too nice. Then this person responds very quickly. The little monkey... His garden is perfectly adequate. The kids are overly demonstrative with him and her home quite a lot more than usual, obviously. So I suspect he probably prefers being yelled at by your cats than being at home with the children. Please shoo him off if he becomes a nuisance. So actually, we've come to the conclusion it's quite sad that Invader Cat potentially wants just a quiet home away from away from irritating children. children. And he's and oh. our cats, he's going about it all the wrong way. So, um, but I do feel the problem with the tone that Mike's taken there <laughs> around Invader Cat is he's de escalated the situation too much. Too soon, I know. I couldn't yeah, believe it. He should have, he should have been like, Yeah, your cat is a bully, a big bully. The problem is, though, our lovely cat, so sort it out. <laughs> but then the problem <laughs> is, is it's in a, it's very, very public group, so then it's like shaming them, which isn't very nice. It's- yeah, but I think he, he got the tone mess- all wrong. He should have messaged messaged her privately. You can do that. Can do that. Yeah. True. I didn't think of that. I wasn't oh. around when this was going on. So oh. I regret that because, yeah, I think I'd have given him much different guidance all the way through yeah. there. <laughs> so have you sprayed Invader Cat with water? Oh, yeah, interesting. Do. Great question. So now we know that he's basically sort of angling for some attention that's not from children. The last time he was in the garden, I went out there and sort of shooed him off and he's not come back since. So I think he needed somebody, an adult, <laughs> an adult human to say, go away. <laughs> but I don't know if, if now Hastings feels disempowered by my actions. But I'm sort of surprised that you hadn't gone out to shoo Invader Cat away already. <laughs> well, I just, I just had this sense of like, do I want to mess with nature? 
(laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want Hastings to be, like, embarrassed. Oh, that's really considerate, actually. Mm. Oh, you're you're a great cat owner, go you. Thanks, thanks. Sort of. I am also sort of laughing at his misery a bit (laughs) and putting it in a public forum. (laughs) But, yeah, I feel like we're getting somewhere in our own case. Who is a Vader cat? That's the case. Oh, yeah, he smashed it. Yeah, Yeah. we don't know. She didn't respond and say where she lived, so (laughs) we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe she was worried you'd go round there. Yeah, shaking our fists. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Unsolved Case of the Missing Salmon. We talked about Backdrop to Murder by Persia Walker through the net wider in case notes and heard all about Invader Cat in Percule Poro. We're reaching the end of season one and there's a me, what a joy it has been. We hope you've had nearly as much fun listening as we've had creating this podcast. We're busy plotting season two And next episode, we'll be revealing how you can get involved in an exciting new feature. Ooh, mysterious. In the meantime, how about sharing the unsolved case of the missing salmon with a friend, or ami to use Poirot parlance? It's easy to do. On Spotify, click the box with the upwards arrow, and on Apple, the three dots to the right of an episode. You'll then get a link that you can share with a friend who loves murder mystery, cats and or amateur sleuthing. If you send us a photo of your share, then we'll enter you in a prize draw to win Poirot theme tea. Follow us on Instagram at Missing Salmon Case to be the first to know about new episodes, see photos related to the case, what's on our bookshelf and importantly, Photos of our feline sidekicks, Hastings and Hercule. It's also where you can chat to us about all things mystery. Next episode, we will be discussing The Pearl Thief by Elizabeth Ween, which is available from hive.co.uk if you'd like to support your local independent bookseller. Until then, mes amis, keep sleuthing! This podcast is created, produced and edited by Maddie Berry and Hannah Knight. Our music is sourced from Melody Loops by Jeff Harvey.